I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What is up, Geeky D's? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is the show where two nerds sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And my name is Caitlin McKinnon. It's been a week later. If you're wondering if I'm still in a better mood, I'm not. Because it's not actually been a week. Because we're recording on the same day. Yep. We're Woo! out of time and space. Out of time, because when we should be recording this, we are possibly wandering around TCAF. Maybe i am got a busy day of lying on the floor ahead of me, looking at the ceiling. Who can say? Who can say? I'm probably, I might be lost. <laughs> I might just be overwhelmed. Caitlin is looking for an information kiosk somewhere <laughs> to yep. reconnect her with her loved ones. Somebody with a vest. <laughs> a t-shirt, a lanyard, perhaps. I need someone. an adult <laughs> or a kid's zone where I can color until my, my family comes, comes and gets me. A ball pit of some kind. Yep. Those are infested with germs. <laughs> the, ball yes, pits are a are. vector of disease. <laughs> A vector of disease. Yeah. Yeah. So we're out of time. Um, not for the show. I mean, like, in time. We're out of time. In time and space. Yeah. You are listening to this a week from now, over a week from now, as we are recording it. Yeah. Which is crazy. It is crazy. Ooh. I hope your TCAF experience was enjoyable. Um, I'm sure it was. Next week, folks, definitely, like, tune in because I will have a full tcaf update um unless something horrible happens to me which i really hope it doesn't um i will talk about artists and creators and um, writers who are there um how it was and how much fun i had get us a drop I will, use, I will use the voice memo. I guarantee you Chip Zdarsky will give us a drop. I'm really scared to ask because I'm so nervous and shy and introverted and I don't really like talking to famous people and I have a tendency to have like say th- things really awkwardly in front of them. Okay. Are you going with senior correspondent? Possibly. Have him get us a drop. Okay. Um, he's though he's worse than I am. Why do you think we get along so well? What? No, I thought he was the, I thought he was the balancer, the balancer out. We balance each other out. Uh, but I will try my best and, um, I will try and get some pictures put together. I'll do a little like synopsis for everyone. I'll put that on the Facebook page and I will put it on the Patreon page. Yes. If you would like to listen to Caitlin's TCAF report or any of our other 66 episodes, because we have so many episodes, y'all. So many. There's so many ways you can do that. Not nearly as many ways to do that as there are episodes to listen to. There's only mainly two. Yeah. First of which, soundcloud.com slash geekdownpod. If you go there and subscribe, you will know when episodes appear. You'll get a little notification. But if you're like, I don't want to go to this site all the time. I just want them to appear magically. You don't even want to have to like press buttons. You just want to open a thing and for it to be there. You just want things to be there. If while you are at SoundCloud, you will see a little button that says subscribe. It's got the telltale Apple logo next to it. Click that takes you to iTunes or just go straight to iTunes and click subscribe. When you do that, new episodes of the Geek Down are delivered, piping hot and fresh, directly to your device. Um, thanks to Chauncey, the yes. Geek Down internet elf. Listen, I don't want to put him over every week. He needs a little humility. I, I don't know. <laughs> we, were, we were texting yesterday and 
He's feeling like yeah, he didn't John, get. Chauncey talks to everybody but me. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry. Just uh, it's because we're both magical, <laughs> magical beings. Um, while you were there, besides me being magical, um, if you want to rate and and uh, give us maybe a, a note saying like this show's awesome or it's literally all you have to do. I really like listening to this show. You should listen to it too. Um, that would be amazing. Would be amazing. Helps other people discover the show who are into the things that we talk about, and we are all about growing our audience yeah and if you want to communicate with us some way or you want to ask me about tcaf or give us suggestions for shows definitely get a hold of us there are many ways to do that more than even to listen to us yes there's the twitter um we are at geekdown pod if you yep. want to use what is it 42 characters to say something 140 140 characters to say something i totally knew that um or you can go to our facebook page which is www.facebook.com forward slash geek down pod use all the characters all the characters you want you you can send us pictures you can send us art fan art you can send us pictures of you at tcaf Yes. That would be amazing. Um, you can also email us if you like. Uh, we are geekdownpod at gmail.com. Yes, we is. So with all that, oh, and of course, the most important thing of all. The Patreon. The Patreon. If you would like to support us, whether that's a dollar or $5 or $10 or $25, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash geekdownpod. Yes. Um, there's lots of stuff there just in general. Um, it also will give you a description of all of the different levels, what you'll get. Full explanations of who we are, what we're doing, why we're doing this, why, what your contributions go towards. Um, they're piling up. We need to decide what we're going to do yeah. next. By next month, we should be able to take another one off of the list. So thank you so much, listeners and supporters. Um, we are stunned every time we manage to <laughs> do something to improve the show, like get Caitlin a chair. Yeah, the, this chair is How is that chair? Unbelievably comfortable. Still? Yeah. Doing two episodes. She's not complaining once. She hasn't had to get up to stretch like nothing. She's no. Just... This gives really good lumbar support. It is padded for my tush. And uh, basically, it's just a generally well-made, comfortable chair. It's maxing and relaxing. Yeah. Um, also, if we do decide, or when we decide to get the next thing, we could also give you another little photo journal like we did with the chair. <laughs> we could... Who doesn't love... A Jordan Kate shopping excursion photo essay. I I don't know. I I do. I love it. They're wrong if they do. I mean, I don't love the pictures being taken, <laughs> but I am. I love that there is documentation. <laughs> Once you sedate her enough to actually get her photo taken, she's. I'm fine. Yeah. There's a little bit of drool, but I'm fine. <laughs> I, I take that out in Photoshop after. Yeah. Yeah, add some, add some sparkle to get that glazed look out of your <laughs> eye. Add some, add some sparkle to your eyes and make her look conscious. Uh, apparently, I do. I've been told that I do this classic smile, which is you know what it is. It's the mouth open. The yeah, the and shoulders up. Yeah, I was first going to say shoulders up. Uh, the classic Caitlin smile. Um, apparently, I've got to work more on giving a natural smile. <laughs> Not just a cheesy, Instead like, of the fuzzy bear, hey! <laughs> hey! Um, so I'm getting my photo taken. Who knows? It's terrible. Next photo journal, I may just, I may give a natural looking smile. <laughs> Stay tuned, friends. I know. This is exciting, exciting developments. Um, also, at this time, I've now done, or in the future at this point, I will have done like four drawing classes, five drawing classes. 
and uh, it probably is still going as well as it's going now, which is basically just a record of things I can't draw. <laughs> oh, yes. How's art class going? <laughs> it's just a record of things I can't draw. Though I can say, a couple weeks ago at this point, um, I drew a pretty sweet chair. Oh. Yeah. She said I was making a lot of improvement. Look at you. Yeah, I know. Um, by this time, I'm probably stressing about I have a project coming up where I've decided I'm drawing a mug and a book. And uh, I am not sure about this whole mug thing. Circles. Circles are hard. Circles and lines. Making them look like a mug. Handles. Handles. Oof. The I don't handle, know about this. Them handles, though. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. So yeah, that's that's me right now. And future me. And <laughs> future you. Yeah. I'm guessing I'm still terrible at drawing. Improving at your art class. Slowly, slowly, but surely. Slow motion better than no motion. Oh, I like that. Thanks, Common. We actually, we should also have a shirt that says that. <laughs> it's, I'm sure it's copyrighted. Oh, yeah, possibly. <laughs> it's from a rap song, so I'm sure. You can't copyright all the words in a rap song. <laughs> you can't copyright lyrics that you wrote oh yeah but just you can't like that's one phrase the nerve one phrase anyways how about you what's going on what do you think the future is gonna hold for you (laughs) (laughs) why are we laughing at that uh misery i don't know not misery you have things to look forward to anime north anime north is coming yes uh hopefully i will still be going to that um (laughs) in an easy fashion uh it is tentative that i will be staying with stupid matt which makes for a much shorter commute like a 10 minute bus ride versus the like you know nine hour bus ride i have to take (laughs) getting from parkdale to the near the airport it's not quite nine hours but it's up there it's it goes to where transits end (laughs) it goes to the edge of the world um, it does. So yeah, hopefully I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping to see a uh, a programming schedule soon, so I can start planning. So we can start planning our our itinerary. I do know that. So like the concern, to some extent, is like I, I don't foresee needing to spend money on anything besides food. Right. Um. I don't need to spend money on transit. I splurged on a metro pass this month, so my transit's taken care of for me. Nice. Um. And, you know, with all, all these record outings I've been going on lately, it's like, oh, you're going to have any money for Anime North? Well, I'm not going, I'm not going to buy DVDs or art books or models or, or that type of shit. No, I've done that. I've lived that life. I don't need to live it again. Yeah. Thank you. The only thing that might, might be a problem is if there's like a vendor dedicated to like music. Ooh. And if somebody's got like perfume concert DVDs or something. Right. Yeah, it could be a problem. Um. The other thing that might be problematic is apparently on the first night, they have like a giant nerd garage sale. Really? Where people like, just individuals sell their shit. I don't even know if it's like their wares or whatnot, but it's like, man, I don't want these DVDs anymore. So I'm going to try to sell them. And apparently it gets really hot and really smelly. Like they call this out in like the literature about this event. Ew. (laughs) It's like, it's like the air conditioners will get overrun (laughs) from the amount of people in that place. That's gross. Dress light and, uh, you know, (laughs) try not to stink. You're, you're really selling it nerds. I'm really can't, (laughs) can't wait to get there for that. Um, but because like, I will never forget trying to find, um, this was a long time ago before they reissued it, I think, but trying to find FLCL on DVD. Mm-hmm. And basically being at Fan Expo that year, 
going around to some of these anime retailers and basically getting like scoffed at by these dudes. He's like, oh man, that's so old. I was like, well, fuck you, buddy. It's one of the best things ever made. Like, Screw it's out of print. You. It's out of print, but yeah. you, you keep the shade. Um, so the idea, I, like, I know my companion is very much, you know, loves Inuyasha. Inuyasha is everything, but in, right. Inuyasha is now old. Oh, yeah. So, but she found a bunch of stuff at previous Anime Norse at this, like, flea market type thing because they're just people selling their shit that they have that they never use. If it's patches or pins or, you know, stationary, what have you. Right. Um, so that uncertainty, maybe I will end up spending money because of that, but um, I don't think it's going to be that big of an issue. Like, I'm not that type of fanboy anymore. Like, I realized long ago that, you know, the, that that display of figures that I was amassing in my, you know, childhood home bedroom, like, was not going, A, was not going to be something <laughs> that ever impressed anybody. Nope. Like, I always tell stupid Matt, when with all the comics he buys and all the trades and all the hardcovers, I was like, I know what you're doing. You think you're going to, like, amass this library and somebody's going to come over and they're going to be like, oh, my God, Matt, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> That's never going to happen, my dude. Nope. It's never going to happen. Nope. And he's trying to sell me because apparently the, <laughs> the, the room we may be staying in, the spare room at Stupid Matt's, is apparently the room where stupid matt's girlfriend has banished all of his comics oh no <laughs> they all live there yeah. like walls of shelving units with, with trades on them he's like oh you get to see all my comics i'm like it's not a selling point matt <laughs> it's not exciting we're not going to sit and commiss over <laughs> over all, all the money you've spent on trades yeah I, it's funny because um i don't i used to buy books we know this about you yes i used to buy lots of books and then i gave it up because I worked at a major Canadian retailer that happened to sell lots of books and I, um, it started to be a problem when most of your paycheck was going to back to the place you worked. <laughs> so I, I really, and we've talked about this before, I don't collect much, um, but I have started to buy certain comic books, um, like Saga. Shouts to listener and patron Justine Taylor, who, based solely on our, like, oblique mentions of Saga, like, yeah. bought the first hardcover. And she probably loves it. Uh, well, by the time this airs, I should know, yes, but yeah. I currently do not know it is, is en route from an online retailer, but... Um, so Saga, like, I want, I would like to own all of Saga, because... Mm, hardcovers are real pretty. It, it just, they're, they're beautiful. The pinup gallery in the second one. Like they, they just, they're really nice. And not even hardcovers, like just even the, the, tr like the trades, yeah. like just there's a monstrous, I wouldn't mind owning. Um, there are a couple that are just really beautifully drawn and well-written. And I think it adds to the experience. Not, I'm not everything, but there definitely are some that I'm like, oh, I'd really like this. Uh, so that's a bit of a, a, a problem yeah i would really love to uh buy monstrous and get it signed by both of them who will be a tcaf and plug that we talked about it on our podcast but at the same time even though i was very complimentary about the book overall i did say things like questioning if she knew how to draw a cat or not <laughs> so it's like oh, oh fuck it she doesn't, she doesn't speak english so or she may you don't know yeah no no she has it's been said she's got a translator that'll be oh. there so oh, okay well, never mind then. Um, also, hey, they're artists. They know that people are going to, they're, they're going to, you know, rag on their work sometimes or question whether they know how to draw cats. <laughs> you know, they, 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 they've got thick skins. I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, but yes, yeah, so I, I never had, except for the book thing, I've never really had an obsession with collecting. 
Actually, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> when I was younger, I did. But going to, like, even to TCAP, I don't think I'm going to really be in danger. Um, except if they have, like, buttons. I don't even collect buttons. But so I've never, I've never been of that mentality where I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to have to really put a lot of money away for an event or a show. Um, and it maybe is one of the reasons why I don't really go to shows that often is because I don't really need to hear people talk about their thing. And that's the... And I don't need to buy anything. That's the thing. The last time I went to Fan Expo, I was like, not, I'm not buying anything. Like, yeah. like maybe, I don't, I don't really like, I don't need a witty t-shirt anymore in my life. Like maybe what's going to appeal to me at a convention to buy at this point. Yeah. Um, and again, like I mentioned, I, I don't really want to go to a panel. <laughs> There's not really a panel that I'm interested in going to. Uh, I'll let you know how my panel looks. I, because I've, I've never gone to panels at conventions. When yeah. I went, it was strictly to because I didn't live in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Was, that was always my reason for going to conventions. I went to Anime North before I lived here because it was like, oh, all this shit that I like that I'm never going to see anywhere else. Like, the internet was nascent at this point. Like, yeah. we didn't even have. If you bought shit online, you were sending mail orders to people. Like, it wasn't yeah. like just you know put your credit card number in and boop, you got it. Like. You still relied on like going to physical places to get them. So I would go to Anime North and just make jokes about making a drizzle. No, I made it rain in Anime North because <laughs> I was like, I have no expenses and I live at home and I've got a shitty job that pays me too much money well, too much money for then yeah. when I had no expenses. Um, so I'm just going to go and just drop a rack on fucking DVDs and the only thing I have left, I think, is that that Lupin the Third figure up there on the shelf over there. It's real tiny. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it pisses me off because it's incomplete because it's like a gun sight. Right. And it's four different gun sights. It's supposed to be five different gun sights. Right. That connect together. Yeah. And the fifth one, which is Zenigata, I don't have. Oh, no. So it's always incomplete. It's, <gasps> it's four-fifths of the gun sight. God. Um Maybe I'll see that at Anime North and I'll yeah. buy it just for, just for spite. I need to finish this thing. Um, and even with, with when I was deep into comics. And listen, we're going to have an episode about collecting later on and about how collecting has manifested in our life. So I don't want to give everything away on this topic. But like when I was deep into actually buying comic books, like that was the record digging before it was record digging. Like yeah. we went, we make a list. Me and Mr. Malash just love just making our lists up. We just spend a day making our lists up. Sometimes going through each other's bins yeah. of our comics to be like, well, what do you have that I might want? Um, and I should look for that. And just going and digging. Stopping at every freaking vendor and digging long boxes. And that, that huh, when you see it, like that's the, it's the rush. That's the rush. Um, so yeah, that's, I don't know that any convention experience I have this summer might will hurt my pocketbook that much, but as said things I've said before <laughs> that yep. come back to bite my ass. I, so I'm, I mean, that's coming up quite a, a ways. That's a couple weeks at least a ways um, or three weeks until we hear about it. But I am yes. excited because oh, for my, for my anime North. Yeah. Uh, postmortem. I'm, I'm also excited for the planning. I think that's just, it's like a fun thing to plan. And right? the other thing was back then, back, back then, <laughs> um, you went to anime conventions to watch anime. Oh, really? Because they had screening rooms uh-huh. and they would just show seasons of shit because you had to buy it. It wasn't on TV. Yeah. There was no crunchy roll. Like you had to buy it. 
So you could go to Anime North and decide, I'm going to watch this, I'm going to watch this, they're going to show this movie at this time, and just, like, watch shit. But I don't think that's a thing anymore. Uh, They probably do it as, like, a get-together. As, like, everybody goes and watches something Um, that they love. But, like, I've seen, you know, last year they had panels about shows, but, like, back in the day it was, like, we are showing this show. Like, Mm -hmm. we have screening rooms, and we are showing this show from this time to this time, and then this movie from this time to this time. And, yeah, in a post-streaming world, I don't think that's a thing that even has to happen anymore. Right. Why would you have to go to a convention to watch anime? But you might want to, because, you know, have human interaction, Jordan. Ew! Ew! Nobody wants that. No, not really. (laughs) Um... We we did mention getting in touch with us and some things that are coming up in the future, in the far-flung future, in August. We're talking about having our August Watcharama again. Mm. For those of you who are new or have, you know, started listening in September, August Watcharama was basically a month where Jordan and I caught up on things we couldn't end up or we didn't end up seeing that we really wanted to see. Um, and one of the big things is we got suggestions from a couple of people. So if you have any suggestions of shows we haven't brought up yet, or we've talked about that neither of us have seen, or that you just you have some obscure thing you want us to watch or experience, let us know because we'd really love to to do to do that again. I've got a couple things. I got a couple things. Maybe maybe neither of us have seen Orphan Black. Maybe mm. that's a thing. Um, so yeah, there's a, a whole bunch of stuff actually that that uh, that we could look at, but we would love to hear from you guys. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. We don't have really have news because, like we said, we're out of time. Now I did see though when I was looking some stuff up um, briefly that uh, for those of you who are Stephen Fry lovers, apparently he's going to be back to perform at the Shaw Festival in 2018. Um, for people who don't live in the Toronto Golden Horseshoe area, the Shaw Festival is a theater th- festival um, for Sir Bernard Shaw, or named after Sir Bernard Shaw, um, yes. in Niagara-on-the-Lake, which is this tiny town where someone put like ba- basically like a glass bubble over. Like it looks like, <laughs> you know, they have like the drawn horse and carriage. They have all these like houses that look like they're from the uh 1800s um and they have this festival and apparently he's been there before and he's coming back in 2018 um he's specifically working on a play called me and my girl um that he's performed or he worked on in england in the 80s um they don't know what plays or play or plays um fry will be performing in um but there's probably gonna be a couple of them people usually double or triple up Yes. And it is, it's a festival that spans like a whole like long season Mm. from the spring to the fall. So, and throughout the summer. So, um, if you do live kind of in the area and you love Stephen Fry, definitely keep your eyes open for that. I'm sure there's a couple of you listening to this show who love Stephen Fry. Probably. It's the the Caitlin demo. Uh, yeah. Also, Stephen Fry taught me not to be so, um, such a stickler for on words. Oh. And that words evolve. And sometimes you need to just chill the fuck out. Bless you, Stephen Fry. Yeah. Um, and uh, another tiny bit of news just for people who really like the movie. Um, Edge of Tomorrow. It's mm-hmm. getting a sequel. Always heard it got a bad rap, that movie. Whether it was the stain of Tom Cruise or I don't know what. Or or, or making something not from a pre-existing IP. Oh, Ooh, my God. Love that phrase. Jeez. Um, even though it was based on a book. But... Um, Always heard, hadn't seen, haven't seen it. Jordan doesn't see movies. Um, always heard it was 
pretty well done and a good movie, but just for whatever reason, it just didn't, it was well reviewed, but just audiences didn't go to see it. I saw parts of it. I think I fell asleep, not because I was watching the movie, but it was one of those things like we were, I was, I was sleeping and someone else was watching it. Anyways, I've seen chunks of it. This one's like Groundhog Day at War, right? Yes. Or time progresses, but he is constantly getting um, resurrected. No, it's, it's Groundhog Day. So but he repeats? He basically is going, he starts out not knowing anything about war. Okay. So he like dies immediately. And like, as he gets better and better. It's like that anime ReZero. I've never heard of it. Well, I don't know if it'll ever come up. I'm I'm contradictory towards it because it was like the, the fan show like a year ago. Oh, okay. But that was the thing. It was this dude who was just a loser. Yeah. And basically he would respawn at a different part um, well, he, and, and repeat and remember everything and get marginally better. It's not like he became like, you know, Kirito and Sword Art Online, but he like, you know, got marginally better. Well, well he becomes amazing, but he, he repeats over and over and over again. There's a lot of other story bits that I'm not. I don't know about because I haven't seen the whole thing. Um, but they don't make you watch it from the beginning, obviously. You just see it different parts, how it's the story's gone on. Mm-hmm. And every time he dies, he gets resurrected. And they sort of explain that. But it's getting a sequel, and the sequel is called Live, Die, Repeat, um, which was the, like, tag of the movie, like, on the posters and stuff. Um, and both, apparently, Emily Blunt and Tom Cruise are coming back for Tom, it. Tom Cruise is in this one as well? Yeah, apparently they're both back. All right. So we'll see if that... That happens, but it might be interesting that, you know, finally they've made something that doesn't have, isn't, isn't Marvel, isn't, you know, it's just. Well, so support anything in the wheelhouse that is not capes and tights or, you know, based on f- 50 years of continuity or that people are going to get upset about if you put a black person in a role or yeah, things just, like that. I, I really feel, I mean, ever since. Even the- though it's a Japanese property and I don't know if the guy was Japanese originally in the book, but. Okay, that's okay. I see. I didn't know it was a book, but I just mean in general. It was a book called All You Need Is Kill. Oh, really? Which is not. You can see why they changed the title. Yeah, I can see that. Um, well, that's actually an interesting discussion, but um, I don't know any. But it's for later because I don't know enough. But yeah, I was about to say, I don't know anything about it, so I can't really speak on it. Um, what I was going to say, though, even though movies from their outset have been basically they've they've made movies of other things like one of the first movies ever made was uh, alice in wonderland mm-hmm. they did a silent version of alice in wonderland so it's and they've always done like historical things with movies um and film some of the best films are things that you can only do in film right you've used film to its its maximum um and you've thought of a, a plot line and characters that com- that really come alive in that in that piece that you've made, right? You haven't borrowed or taken or and not to say that it's a bad thing, but when everything is from something else, it kind of wears you down. Everything, everything, and everything has like it has to. The only reason it gets made is if it has sequel potential. Sometimes True. it's good just to make like a one off, like some really good thing that's just good on its own. Just like a bubble. <laughs> Just like Groundhog Day. Just like Groundhog Day. Love that movie. It's such a good movie. Something else that got redone off of pre-existing property. Uh-huh. But it's actually really good. Yeah. Um, this would normally file in updates on a normal episode, but... But because... Because we don't have enough to talk about the front half. We're going to we do it now. We don't have any news. Um, Jordan, what's better when you're sad and just kind of bummed out and don't want to do anything? What? And you work overnights and <laughs> you're... 
too tired to do anything, but not tired enough to go to bed. What? Why? Ooh, just hit that Netflix and just let it go. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't think I planned to watch the whole thing, but Uh-oh. I knew I was at least going to watch half of it because I heard it kind of turned at one point. Mm-hmm. Is the uh, Dear White People TV oh, adaptation? Yeah, it's really fucking good. Really, I heard it was very funny. Um, it's hysterical. Um, there's the. <laughs> There's the what's the one line? It hap- it's a line. It's a toss off joke that happens late in the season, but it's like somebody just needs to hear something funny. Um, it's like you know, can you just make a pithy observation, please? <laughs> <laughs> the Sam, the main character, her friend goes, "Is it just me or is Drake's entire career based around that one episode of Degrassi where he was in the wheelchair and couldn't get it up?" <laughs> and the friend is like, "Yeah, Drake, we get it. You fucks <laughs> ain't wrong." Yeah. Um, so this is based on, I don't know if it's technically a sequel. I have not seen the movie and I don't know if this is a sort of readaptation of the movie or a continuation of the movie or whatnot. Um, but it is based on the movie written and directed by a guy named Justin Simeon. Uh, Justin Simeon show ran these 10 episodes, half hour. Ooh, love me a half hour. Love me a half hour. It's good. Um, switches out some of the directors. Barry Jenkins directed one of the, uh, Director Moonlight directed one of the episodes. That's cool. The episode, the linchpin episode of the uh, of the season. Um, so basically, it has to deal with basically race relations on a college campus, mm-hmm. and the centerpiece, which I think might be the bridge between the movie and the TV show, is it's about this character named Sam, who's a very political young uh, black woman who has a show called Dear White People right. on her campus radio show, which of course incenses everyone what's amazing is all the people who heard the title of the show yeah and went can you imagine if there's a show called dear black people which is basically what the first episode is about all the white people on campus going can you imagine if there was <laughs> if there was something called dear black people um and it centers around a blackface party on the campus right um which there's a harvard lampoon-esque uh satire magazine called pastiche and they're the ones behind it or they're going to do it and then they just decide not to do it, but it happens anyway. Right. Um, and things kind of spiral out from there. The genius move of this is it... So there's four or five main characters. There's Sam, who is ostensibly the lead. There's Lincoln, I think his name is, who's a young, um, very introverted, um, somewhat closeted gay uh, student journalist. Okay. Who's actually the one who kind of breaks to the black community there's a black uh housing like self-segregated housing on campus right uh the ap house i don't remember what it stands for but they all kind of all the black students live there and lincoln's the one who kind of spreads it around unlike him like in a move very unlike him lincoln's the one that kind of spreads it around to the black students that this is happening oh so they all go and kind of doesn't get super violent or anything they just kind of bust it up and it becomes kind of a political catalyst for the uh for the black student body um there's Troy, who is the son of the dean of students, who is kind of been pushed and pressured his whole life to be one of the good ones. Right. Um, who's running for student president. There's Coco, who was once friends with Sam and is the one who's like, sometimes you just have to like tone down your blackness. You know, she says at one point, you know, when we you double down on your blackness, they double down on their violence. Like it's... Right. The show does a really great job of fleshing her out. I think she's kind of one note in the uh, in the movie that character but in the tv show you really see why she's like this she's just super ambitious and knows knows the game black people got to eat shit sometimes to to get ahead like that's the game um and how she clashes with people who refuse to do that and 
still have their ideals as such. Um, and then there's Reggie who is, you know, a super militant type of guy, uh, the movement all the time, the movement. Right. And one of the first kind of dramatic hooks of the season is Sam's dating a white guy. Right. Uh, who's named Gabe and Gabe gets an episode told from his perspective, oh. what it's like. And I thought it was, you know, of course the white guy is going to talk about the white episode, but I thought it was a thought provoking and classy move that they would have an episode dealing with the quote unquote struggles of being an ally. Right. Like it's, it's every episode has an opening narration by Giancarlo Esposito. Oh really? Gus Fring from Breaking Bad, yeah. which is amazing. Um, and it's like, you know, Gabe would never assume that his voice was more important. He would never put his voice over the people, you know, over marginalized people. He understood this. He understood that. But then it's showing all the jokes that people are making about him at his expense. Right. Like he's trying to offer a point and he's like, you know, when I worked as a community organizer and somebody goes, oh, look at your Disney channel, Obama, would you ever organize? <laughs> <laughs> he had like a community garden that he ran type of thing. Yeah. Um, you can just kind of see the like, mm. <laughs> yeah. And Gabe's face where it's like, it's like, I, I understand, but I'm also trying to help you. <laughs> like, yeah. um, and the different experiences of blackness and how at the end of the day, racism will still come for your ass. Like it comes for everybody right? and how aware or not aware you are of that. And while being super fucking funny, like, like a couple gut busters oh, really? in there just from like tossed off lines. Like the banter is it's fantastic. S- super great. Is it um, Gilmore girls level? Might be close. Cause you know, these are all college students who like, you know, mad articulate. Um, I can't remember any of them. Oh, that Drake line's the only one I can remember off offhand. But yeah, just if if you're not going to be, if you hear the title, dear white people, yeah, and are not immediately offended, this show is for you. The show is for you. Number one, you're a good person. Yeah. <laughs> number one, congrats. Way to be you. Uh, and number two, yeah, watch this show. Uh, it's been up for almost a month now at this point, mm-hmm. and I regret leaving it as long as I did. I was just I, like, I, I don't, I don't have the time. There's too much TV. When am I going to get to this? And I was just. It, I just let it play and... While you were was, lying on your floor? No, because I have to be on the chair to see the television. Oh, of course. Right. Sorry. I can't see the television while I'm lying on the floor. Oh, then never lie on the floor. Um, but I've seen it now. Unless I find another show, I have to lie, no, I have to lie on the floor. I, I give you stuff all the time to watch. It's actually the premise of this show. <laughs> so, yes, definitely check out Dear White People. It's on your Netflixes. It's already there. Like I said, smooth half hour per episode. That's nice. You can spend an afternoon. If it's a Saturday... You can spend your afternoon watching all of Dear White People and then still go out with your friends that night and tell them how great it was. Amazing. So definitely check that out. That's cool. Um, the only thing really I'd like to mention before we get into the the second half of the show is uh, is our contest. Yes. Our Geek Down gift giveaway. Not really. But not really because we're making you work for it a little bit. Yep. So by now, this has already been up for about two weeks a week and uh all you have to do is you can go to our facebook page um to twitter there's probably something about it there any place you find us you can find out about the contest yeah basically um basically you answer the questionnaire and once you do that you uh post on twitter or on facebook about the show and we will draw a name at the end of the month it's very exciting Yes. Next week, I'll have a, a, a 
the date that I'll be drawing the name and the episode where you're here. It's probably the first episode in June, I'm guessing. Possibly. Um, where I will announce the winner. Um, and I'm super excited. But you're wondering, like, what is this survey? What do I have to fill? Is this going to take up, like, my entire afternoon? Nah. No. Take it, like, take it, like, 10 minutes. Because really... Not even. We've mentioned before, like, we always want to make the show better. And we've been going 67 episodes just kind of doing what the hell we want to do. Yeah. And it seems to be working. But you know what? We'd like to hear what you think. And we'd like to make it better. Because I've heard sometimes people are just all about chit-chat. Maybe they don't even like the news. Yeah. Maybe they're like, we get news from all the places you guys get news. We don't need to hear it. I read io9 too. I don't need you to spit it back to me. Maybe. Maybe. So these are the type of things that the questionnaire will get into. Just gender identification, age, how how you listen. Favorite portion of the show. Yes. You like the front half? Do you like the back half? Have have you just hated? Do you duck out before the back half every episode? Or are you just like, I really wish y'all wouldn't do that anymore? That would be a tough one that, for us yeah, to reckon with. But, kind of tough, but we don't know what we do the show about. We've never heard that. So yeah. Um, and then we have some other questions. Um, so like, have you told others to listen to the podcast? Would you tell others to listen to the podcast? <laughs> We would like you to tell others about the <laughs> podcast. Um, uh, what would you like to see us talk about more? You know, specific types of things like music, anime, comics, movies, etc. Um, there will be a little, you know, box at some point for you to give your comments and suggestions. So, yeah, just take a look. Find it where you would find us. And if you have any questions, you can always, again, Facebook, Twitter, email us. And we can answer those for you. So, yeah. Yes, we can. I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, and I think that's it. I think we're kind of, we don't have any news. We're at a time, not again in the show, but at a, you know, space and time. And, uh, and I think we'll move on to the things we brought each other. Yeah. It's the return of the comic book reading club this week. Pew, 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 pew. So we're going to take a short break right here. And when we come back, we will talk about the things we each brought each other. See you in a minute. And welcome back to the show. This is the part of the show where we talk about the things we brought each other. Um, this week, like we said, it is return of the comic books. I don't know why I'm doing like explosions and fire, but I just, I just want to sing "Return of the Comics" to the theme to the tune of "Return of the Mac." What's return? Which one's "Return of the Mac"? Oh my god, I'm not going to sing it. I'll play it under. No, I can't play it underneath. Oh. Mark Morrison, "Return of the Mac." Probably I know it if I heard it. Terrible like, oh, late yeah. 90s, early aughts oh. R&B song, but still saves a dance floor every time it comes <laughs> on because it's so bad. People love it. Um, and I'm not even going to sing a part of it because I think Mark Morrison could probably use the money and would definitely come, come after for us. us. Yeah. <laughs> so. Okay. Um, before we get started, there are three rules. Three rules. The first one is the rule of three, which is the rule that... Always give the thing a chance to... Be the thing it's going to be by watching, reading, listening to three of the installments. It is dispensed in. Uh, that was actually very well done. I never do it that concisely. I was fumble. I talk about epicycles. You go <laughs> epicycles every time. Uh, the second rule is hashtag save it for the pod, which is the rule that... Do not talk about the thing until you are sitting in front of these microphones. Because we want you guys to know the things we've just thought about. Get them takes piping hot. Yeah. Fresh out the hot take kitchen. Or our mouths. 
which are also known as the hot take kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. The third rule is not really a rule. It's more of a policy, but it is that... This is a pro-spoiler podcast. We will spoil all the things. And these things are relatively new-ish. New-ish. One very new. Yeah. And one... Yeah. I think what did I wrote it down somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like 2013. Last couple of years. Yeah. It probably finished up recently, but it's yes. been running for a while. Yeah. And it's getting more and more noticed just recently. So A TV adaptation, right? Yeah, that's right. right. I'll talk about that later. Um, but yeah, so we will spoil things. So you, if you hate spoilers of all kinds, you don't want to know anything about it, you can hit the road. We won't blame you. <laughs> Get out. Um, go have some tea. If it's a hot day, grab a nice drink, iced tea maybe. Go listen to the Geek Down playlist on Spotify. It might be perfectly um, uh, suited to the temperature outside. We can only hope. Hopefully it's not still sad and angry, but... But you never know at this Actually, point. Kate might be making that one by this yeah. point, so it'll be great. It'll be great. You'll love it. You'll love it and you'll talk about it and make Jordan... Tell Jordan how great it is and <laughs> I'll be like, cool, I didn't make it, you assholes. Yeah. Just like that. It's my favorite. Yep. <laughs> All right. Let's get started. Who goes first? You go first. Oh, I go first. Oh, this is exciting. <laughs> I'm very excited about this. Mostly because I gave Jordan this because I really just... He is a a longtime comic book reader. Um, I am not. I'm kind of relatively new to the comic books world. And this was given to me by a friend who thought I would like it. And I did end up enjoying it. But I kind of want his take on it. And we had talked about it. Um, briefly, um, earlier in some episodes. So. In regards to the uh, regards to the writer and yes. other things he's done. Yes. Um, so the comic book I gave him was Scalped, uh, specifically the first one, Indian uh, Country. Um, it was released by Vertigo in 2007, so not to 2013, to, all the way back in 2007. <laughs> all the way back. So like 10 years ago, basically, which just seems Damn. crazy now. Um, it was written slash created by Jason Aaron, who's the writer, and the... Um, artist is rm guerra i believe you say it um jason aaron has written so much we've talked about him on the show before caitlin got his x-men book wolverine and the x-men once yep, he's, he's done black panther he's done punisher he's done wolverine he's just done tons of marvel currently owns thor and all related asgard properties for marvel comics right now i think yeah he just like he was the one writing the jane foster thor yeah that was his whole his whole bag in recent years um, he's just yeah and if you t- look at his uh his basically his what's it called his bibliography um it's just it's just a massive list of work so he's written a lot um and then there is rm guerra the artist he's not known for tons he's uh originally from serbia um he's worked on a lot of french stuff yeah most vertigo artists are not vertigo often tends to be an artist coming out party to a certain yeah. extent yeah i like oh, that's a good turn of phrase um so yeah nothing really well known um that i could mention um the series itself uh focuses on the o- oglala lakota inhabitants of a fictional um res- re- reservation called prairie rose indian reservation it focuses on the character dashiell bad horse Dashel. is it dash Dash, in my experience, uh, like Dashiell Hammett, like the crime author. There you go, Dashiell Badhorse, um, who um, basically, after years and years of being away, comes back, is almost immediately hired by a crime boss yep. um, to work for him. And throughout the first book, you uh, come to understand that he's actually an undercover FBI agent. Um, 
there are a ton of like uh, sort of people you get to know throughout lots of different storylines connecting people. Yes. Um, and it is a crime drama. So there's lots of crime involved as well. Um, people getting punched in the face and murdered. There's lots of meth labs getting busted up. Yep. Fun times. Um, Jordan did mention that um, this was being, that people had been interested in making this into a television series. Warner Horizon and DC Entertainment are working on it, and they're thinking of producing it on WGN America. And the producer um, is looking to be Doug Jung, who is an American screenwriter and film producer, um, and he is probably best known at this point for writing the Star Trek Beyond screenplay. Um, the 2016 movie. Um, but anyway, so the, the things I kind of loved about this comic book were the grittiness. It really is. It's very much a crime. I love crime stories. It's very much a crime novel. Um, but as a graphic novel, um, the art, I think, even though it's not my favorite, it lends itself really well to that type of story. It's really gritty and dark and... Um, kind of sketchy almost. Um, Somewhat borderline hard to tell characters apart, but sometimes yes. <laughs> um, and I did really like the writing as well. Um, it draws you into sort of what's going on. Um, and at times makes people very human. Um, and you kind of feel bad that they're in the, these horrible situations, and there's almost kind of nowhere to turn. But anyways, that's that's how I feel about it. Jordan, did you did you like this? Did you like Scalped? Yeah, I like Scalped. What did you like about Scalped? <laughs> um, and this is the thing where like I immediately, I don't know if I had been willfully avoiding this book due to that fact or or not, but you know this is a book set in on an Indian reserve or Native American reserve. Written by a white guy and drawn by a Serbian. So yes, it was originally kind of like, probably like, nah, nah. did some Googling. No one's really written about this or mentioned it nope. at all. Um, I don't think it's exploitative of the like struggles of that community mm-hmm. at all. It seems to be very meticulously researched yes. um, down to the language that they use and down to nodding to the... American Indian movement of the seventies. There's clearly like a, you know, Leonard Peltier correlating character and clash in there where a couple of, uh, basically Dashiell gets roped in to all of this. He enters the FBI, but there's this guy, agent Nitz, who's been, uh, agent Nitz. who's been covering, uh, this scene since the seventies mm-hmm. and a couple of federal agents were killed. Um, very similar to how they were killed. In real life, in the 70s, uh, allegedly by Leonard Pelche, although apparently there wasn't much evidence to support that, and Leonard Pelche has kind of been in jail ever since. Yep. Um, similarly, there was a character in Scout who the murders got pinned on, and he didn't do them either, and he's yep. been in jail ever since. The person who did do the murders is, is the crime boss, uh, Lincoln Redcrow, is that uh, his name? That's right, yeah. Um, who is the crime boss, and so basically Nitz has had a mad on for for red crow ever since yep. and is like determined to bring him down and is willing to use 
bad horse with little regard for his safety, safety. or sanity or it more it not even use it's like sacrifice yeah it's like it's like if you die man but but we really what, need to get what's this line he says at one house once at one point he says i'm gonna get red crow with blood on his hands even if it's bad horses like he doesn't yeah he doesn't care he just wants to take red crow down uh red crow has made his way through the political council Oh, landscape. He, he's like everything. He's he like has brought a casino to the reservation. He's also the police chief of the reservation. Is there a tribal police? Yes. That, you know, polices the, their own area, which is where he assigns uh, bad horse. And I mean, listen, in a lot of ways, this is very reminiscent of one of my favorite books when I was on my way out of comics, when I was super collecting was a mm-hmm. hundred bullets. And that oh, okay. is just, did you ever read that book? Nope. You might get that book later on. Great. Um, that was a like, super crime book it's a book that was so well written and the dialogue was so good you're like why this just needs to be on hbo immediately right um this is similar and i'm glad people have realized that and they're going to do that uh not a happy book no no it, it is not, not not a lot of laughs nope not a lot of good times not nope. a lot of good time hangs Mm-mm. um i don't know how many issues i got to i might have got up to like issue 10 because i was reading the hardcover yeah um which collects more than you know, trades collect like six issues. Hardcover usually collects twice as, at least twice as that. Yeah. Twice as much as that. Um, so I was getting just to the point where the extra spoilers, where the white guy diesel is outed ah. as a, uh, outed as a, also a fed. There are things in there that if they are true, I did not know. I did not know that the res school system made its way in America. I mean, obviously it's a blight on Canada's history, but I did not know the Jesuit, you know, school, res school system was, uh, was in America. Was everywhere. Was everywhere. Um, to that point. Just, it's not, it's highlights the issues of this community without getting super preachy. Yeah. Like Aaron uses a technique of like Red Crow talking to the press to kind of take shots at the whole casino system as a whole. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, can you justify spending $2 billion to build this thing when the average household income of a family around here is $3,000? Like, yep. Um, I assume these are facts that have been researched and checked. Um, and But at the end of the day, you know, it's like you said, it's a crime story. Yeah. It's got to be a good crime story. And it's suspenseful. Um, I wish I had something in Bad Horse as a character to sympathize with. <laughs> he's kind of just an just a alpha dickhead like yeah, a, at he, all times. He's not, he's not a, he has very few redeeming qualities. Yes. Uh, maybe they emerged. Have you read ran for 60 issues? Did you say or did it? I don't know how long it I ran I feel like for. it ran for 60 issues. And you, I, I'm getting a sense of why he's like that thus far. I mean, he hates living on the res. Mm-hmm. His mom is very politically active and puts that over raising him. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, he's missing a few football games. Were they being that much of an asshole? I don't know. Mm. Uh, he does not know his mom is dead yet. Nope. Um I don't know when that happens or if that flicks his switch at all when that time comes. Because um, his mom, while out traveling to protest something, she doesn't want the casino no. to happen. There's, there's a whole been, group of them don't want been, the casino to happen. She's been boycotting. She's been trying to pick at the casino. So she's uh, out somewhere else and you see her. She's been titularly scalped and yeah. left on the side of the road. We don't know who did that yet. And Dashiell does not know she has died either. He's got a very complicated relationship with her. He's got a very complicated relationship with Red Crow's daughter, Carol, the town one-stop shop. Yep. Rather promiscuous lady. Yep. Um, who he has just started getting involved with and with her. 
um, which I'm sure will bite him in the ass multiple times later on down the road. Oh yeah. <laughs> so many times. Um, and just, yeah, I'm, I'm curious enough. I'm going to finish it. I mean, I'm going to read the whole thing just cause bro, you kind of suck. And I don't know how you're going to get out of this <laughs> in one piece. If you do good times, <laughs> my, my money's on, my money's on maybe, but probs not. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it is a complicated story. I haven't finished it all. Mm. Um, it is a complicated story and it's definitely not one that you should read if you are in a certain headspace. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't have, but, um, <laughs> where you're like darkness, darkness has fallen. Like you should just not. Yeah. It's it. it Cause it's set in a place with a very small population and a lot of history tied to it. And, and everybody knows everybody and everybody's got these histories that tie them all and together. It's, and it's dark and it's sad and it's violent and yeah, it's not a happy place like no. at all. And everybody's a jerk. Like, no. And it makes you really think about what, that kind of living in that place might be like. Yeah, and you might be one of these people who, if you dig into it, you're like, you can either hang with it or you can't. Like, some people can't hang with Game of Thrones because it's like, how many hours of misery can I watch? Mm-hmm. Um, well, the nice thing about a graphic novel is that at any time you can stop. <laughs> you just put that down and say, nah, not no. for me. Um, but I am probably going to stay with it because I do like crime stories when the dialogue is popping on, like, some Elmore Leonard shit. And that's what this does. Like, it's very... Some very virtuosic uses of profanity, which I always enjoy. <laughs> um, some Deadwood-esque uses of profanity, I'm sure. I haven't seen Deadwood, but it seems to call to mind that level of skill. Though I would like to shout out also, not the same at all, but some of the same subject line. Mm. Um, Longmire, which was a cowboy show on Netflix. Um, I think it's probably I've still heard, there. Yeah, who does... I did not know it was based on books as well, but I know my dad really likes Longmire. Actually, um, I I've watched a lot of Longmire. <laughs> um, they were sort of, I think it got to third season and I was kind of like, eh. Um, yeah, J- Justified and Longmire were, were Dan the Man's two big, <laughs> two big Netflix shows. Um, but it, they do deal with, because it is about a place that sort of, um, there's the town and the town backs right onto like a, a res. Mm. So there's a lot of back and forth. A lot of the issues that um, are dealt with are dealt with about things that has have happened on the res and the two different sort of police forces and the there's, you know, um, some push and pull there. Um, so yeah, they deal with some of the same issues. So if you're interested in that kind of stuff, Longmire is, a, is an interesting show as well. Not as not as good as this, but just in general, it's it's interesting. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm giving this an eight, I guess. Oh, an eight? Yeah, no, it's really good. Oh, I'm surprised. Not happy. Not happy at no. all. But not everything that is good that needs to be happy. No, no, at all. No. But thankfully, if you're like, man, this show's a bummer. We're about to cleanse your palate, friends. Oh, we are. It is. It is one of those times when, though, we have given each other. A medium that matches up. <laughs> it, 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 it in no way These things could not be further wise, apart. Yeah, matches up. So we're going to move on to the thing I brought Caitlin, which is also a comic. It's a manga. Came out in 2014, but has just recently been translated and collected in a hardcover in English. Uh, it's actually, even though it's out some places, it is one of the books debuting at TCAF. So if you went to TCAF and you saw this book, I say you should have bought it. We'll see what Caitlin thinks, thinks you should have bought it in a minute. But it is called My Brother's Husband. Yes. Um, it is written and illustrated by a guy named Gengaro Tagame. And Gengaro Tagame is one of the most notorious and out gay mangaka 
in Japan. My goodness. Which is an odd thing to be. Yes, it is. Um, he started working in 1982. Most of his work is super graphic. Really? And super porno and a lot of BDSM and things like that. Really? Yep. Wow. Which makes this book so weirdly interesting. <laughs> Very weird. Because this is an all-ages book. It is. Yes. Um, this story is about a guy named Yaichi. Mm-hmm. He is raising his daughter, Kana. It's always Kana. Always Kana. All the Kanas. We got a new Kana, friends. All the cute Kana. All, all the cute kids are Kana. New Kana alert. Um, he is raising his daughter by himself. Um, <laughs> you think initially his wife is dead. His wife yep. is not dead. No. Um, we'll talk about that relationship in a bit, maybe. And he, his parents have also perished. Car accident, I think. I believe so, yeah. I'm not sure of the exact timeline of events here, but uh, parents died. And Yaichi has a twin. Yes. Ryoji. Shortly after Ryoji comes out as a gay man, Ryoji emigrates to Canada. Mm-hmm. And then for, due to causes still unknown, mm-hmm. um, Ryoji passes away. Yes. And to Yaichi's surprise, one day he is contacted by a very large, burly Canadian man named Mike Flanagan. <laughs> yep. Who is Ryoji's husband. Mm-hmm. And Mike wants to come to Japan. And as part of his mourning, grieving, what have you, he just wants to see where Ryoji came from. Yeah. And he wants to see the town he grew up in and the places he went to and get to know Yaichi and his family and things like that. And so that's what you have. It's basically just, that's it. That's the story. Yeah. Similar to how something like, you know, Dragon Maid or Hamoto Amaro-chan, like there's, there are things resembling conflicts that kind of emerge mm. once in a while. Kind of, yeah. It touches on how gay people are viewed and accepted in Japan Mm -hmm. and how homophobia can be much subtler, but no less insidious in that culture. It's told primarily, I guess, from Yaichi's perspective um, as he tries to, he does a good job. He tries to be cool with the whole thing Mm -hmm. um, because Kana has no fucks. She doesn't care. She thinks it's the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. She's like, I have a Canadian uncle and he's giant. He's fuzzy. (laughs) And I love it. Um, And it's the sort of thing. I think it's, I think he's a hell of an illustrator. I think he's, I think he's a very good illustrator. And, but he draws dudes very burly. Yep. Bearish, if you will. Mm -hmm. Hyper masculine. And you realize he has a way of like poking your own shit. Like there's, there's a scene early on in the book where, as he's just thinking to himself, this, that, and the other thing, you know, whatever. Um, Kana, who is, was she second grade? She's like six or seven, maybe? I don't know how old yeah, she's supposed yeah. to be. She's pretty um, young. Yaichi walks in to see Mike with his shirt up. Yeah. And Kana just like touching his chest going like, oh my God, that's so fuzzy. That's amazing. <laughs> um, and Yaichi, and frankly, me as a reader, were like, whoa, what the fuck are we doing here? Because he draws, Yeah. you know. That character would appear in one of his other books, probably doing shit a whole lot differently, but like they're very muscular. They're meant to look like attractive, burly dudes. Yeah. So when you see him interacting with a child, you catch your own shit going like, oh my God, wait, no, this is just nothing. This is just a kid who's never seen a fuzzy white guy before. Yeah. Um, but that's what it deals with. It deals with Yaichi dealing with his brother's death, who he never really got to see and he really never, before he died. He never mentioned to his daughter that she had an uncle. Yaichi didn't... Kenna didn't know about Ryoji? No. 
Really? Yeah. Well, I missed that. I read it quick, but I didn't read it that long ago, but I did read it quick. Um, and just, you know, it's a story about, like I said, it's all ages. It's a story about like how families work. And it's basically, you can tell it's a book that's made for kids to read to get their first sense that like these people exist in the world. And Fun fact. They're fine. Hmm. It appeared in a men's popular men's magazine. Did it? Yeah. Look at that. Um, so I was just completely enamored with this from the jump. Mm -hmm. I thought it was so sweet and comf and just basically loved everything about it. Mm -hmm. What did you think of it, Katie? Um, I really liked the, the back and forth, the dynamic between the, uh, the husband and the brother. Mm. Um, I'm Mike. And what did you say? The brother's name was Aichi. Yaichi. Yaichi. The dad. Yeah. The dad. Yaichi. Um, and Kana is so unbelievably sweet and just like kids. Like, just there's a moment that really exemplifies this in which um, Kana asks about, and one of the, she asks several, she asks Mike questions all the time. Um, and one of them is uh, basically like, who's the mom mm. and who's or who's the wife and who's the the husband yeah. or they say mr and mrs i guess in japan that's the translation or mr mm. and mistress or something like that um and I, yaichi's like having like a stroke because he's <laughs> like i like she can't ask this and like what like this is such a hard thing to explain and mike's just like totally like got it covered like he just explains it plainly to her and she goes okay we're both the husband yeah and she's like that's it oh okay well that makes sense yeah um and she does this several times and even with friends um like she's with these other kids at one point and they're like well um if men can get married there can women get married there and she's like i've never asked um because true point of fact uh same-sex marriage is illegal in japan yes still yes um and there are questions about like love one of the and and one of the kids is like well they, they're probably in love if they got because people who get married are in love and kana's like i don't even i don't know if they're in love that's a good question and then one of the boys is like why would you know that and the girl is like oh obviously they're in love duh only people who are in love get married <laughs> and it's just a very standard kid conversation mm -hmm. right i remember hey when i was in school we had hannah with two moms and that was awesome she had two moms that was like the end of it like no one thought that was weird or strange you just yeah. accept things as a kid right and kana is obsessed with mike she's oh, yeah. always wanting to know where mike is why is mike not here <laughs> her dad's like well mike has other friends she's like it's other things he wants to do she's like fine she always that's her thing fine um that's she always says she's very cute um other great things and like you were talking about the sort of subtlety of homophobia is when there's an older um japanese gentleman and he's saying hi to the father and oh you're taking kana out and he says who's who's that playing with kana and yaichi's like oh that's my brother's friend mm. right and you can see mike I, he must know what you know, he knows Japanese, right? He knows that he didn't say husband. He said friend. Yeah. And so you see that he's he's not um, angry or upset, but he's saddened by that, right? Um, and then you get a lot from Yaichi about, like, facing his own prejudice and his own, like, 
oh, I thought they must have done this. And now that I think about it, that's stupid. And I am either overthinking something or being paranoid about something. Yeah, he reckons with that stuff pretty a quickly and b sympathetically like, and i think part of the gateway of that is kana yeah right is seeing his daughter just take to this person and um and through her sort of innocence and acceptance sort of getting answers to his own questions um so yeah it's a really interesting it's a really interesting book and to its credit there was a moment where i was like oh is this going to go to a weird place when like that scene where mike comes home drunk yes and sees yaichi and yeah. did i mention that they were twins i probably yeah, should have uh, yeah um, <laughs> if i did mention it they were twins um you don't even really see, i think you see ryoji like once and like he had a mustache and like he didn't look exactly like yaichi mm-hmm. but enough um it's the first time mike's really gotten a little saddened about the whole thing you know he's a little yeah. drunk and melancholy and he comes home and Yuichi kind of wakes up and goes to see him, make sure he gets to bed okay. And Mike, in his, you know, haze, mistakes him for Ryoji and just starts talking to him, like, in English, like he's Ryoji yeah. and kind of, like, falls on top of him. And I'm like, oh, God, is this going to go to a weird and uncomfortable place? It doesn't. No. To its credit. No. Because, again, this is an all-ages book. Like, Yeah. Um, the only issues I have with the book is that, or are that... Um, and I know what it's doing and I know why it is trying to explain to an audience with prejudice and misinformation um, what being gay is all about, right? And explaining some of that away. But as a person who hangs out with a lot of gay people, like it's we, not even... We don't need that. It, it's, it, it does read a little bit simplistically sometimes mm. and... So it's funny um, you said it ran in a men's magazine because I was assuming this came out basically as books for kids. Like this, I assumed this it was is, for kids. I read something that said it was it was running in a, oh, in you a may be right. well-known men's magazine. Um, but yeah, I just, like you said, yeah, there's that sort of the juvenileness to it. Um, so it's not, I would like to see more about the relationships between the adults and the and the kids and other adults in the community, um, which is probably where they're going. Or uh, where did you read going. the full hardcover or? I went all the way to chapter seven. Okay. I'm trying to remember. Did the kid show up? That happens at the end of the hardcover, basically, so. where there's a kid who's been hanging around. It's one of Kana's friend's brothers. Oh, yeah. No, and he is gay. Okay. And he hasn't told anybody. He doesn't know how to tell his parents. Like, blah, blah, blah. And he sees Mike and figures out, like okay <laughs> he like wants to talk to mike and ends up talking to yichi as well and the book actually ends i actually read ahead because i'm obsessed with this now and yeah, I've, right i've gone and found fan scanlations of the uh of the manga as it's it's still running um and yeah the only thing resembling a conflict is mike or kind of wants to introduce mike to her friends yeah and one of her friends tells her that her mom doesn't think it's a good idea um, and kind of comes home one day and asks her dad, basically, like, what does negative influence mean? <laughs> um, and he, he's just like, where did you even hear that? Um, and it's basically this kid's mom doesn't want Mike around her kid. Right. It could be a negative influence. Um, and it ends, the, the hardcover ends with, he has a lot of dreams yes. <laughs> in the book. He has a dream where he sees Kana as a kid and then getting older it's like, oh, I want you to meet somebody, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, this is my girlfriend. We're getting married. 
And he kind of shoots up in bed like, oh, like that had never occurred to him. Right. And I was like, well, where's that going to go? And then I read ahead. And it's fine. No, okay, <laughs> like, well, good. He's like, he's like, he thinks of that kid and how he doesn't feel supported by his parents, blah, blah, blah. And he's basically just like, I would never want Connor to feel that way. Yeah. And he talks to the, uh, he talks to the mom about it. Who I, they don't spend a lot of time on it, but I like how they allude to that. We don't know why they got divorced. Yeah. They just did. Like, it's a, there's a funny scene where like, yeah, Mike thinks she was dead because. Yes. I, I, I read that. Because. There's that picture. Yeah. She's got this photo like in a prime spot yeah. kind of somber spot in the house and the wife pokes fun at him at it he's yeah. like oh he thought i was dead yeah. saw that picture didn't you it's kind of stalkerish it's like it's kind of weird it's yeah. kind of weird um but there's a moment where i don't know where mike and kana are um but they're kind of walking and they're kind of alluding to like why it didn't work out or or how it's better for kana to be with him than the mom type of thing right now and uh there's a brief kind of like real subtle so what are you doing right now you want to go someplace? And then it cuts and Yeichi comes back. Never says what it was. Right. I'm assuming they went and they went, they went to an hour. They went to a, an L hotel and, yeah. and banged one out. Um, but that's never like explicitly mentioned. It's just something that that's heavily implied. Um, and yeah, up to, I've read ahead and what, where we're leading to now is <laughs> the, the stakes are always so low. Um, it's like a thing about Kana's got a recorder test that oh, day. Amazing. And but she forgets her recorder. Right. So this chapter is about Mike trying to find his way to Kana's school right. to give her her recorder. And he does, and it's cool, whatever. But then there's this guy kind of skulking around like like a teacher. Right. Who's kind of like skulking and looking mean, mean mugging over his shoulder type of thing. And Yichi comes home that day and he's got a voicemail from this like, I'm Kana's homeroom teacher. There's something I'd like to talk to you about, blah, blah, blah. And that's where it ended. So right. it's gonna be about another person who thinks Mike's a bad influence type of thing. And we don't know how long Mike's planning on staying. They yeah. he's not going to live there, but yeah, I don't know. It's just comf. It is comf. Comf it and is sweet. Very comf. And, it's very nice. And very pleasant. And the opposite of scalped in every, <laughs> in every way. In every way. Um, I'm going to give it a 7.5. Cool. Not, not because I didn't like it, just because I didn't think it was, it wasn't riveting. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think I would ever make that claim. I think that if there was maybe further along when they've sort of developed the characters a little bit more, it will be. But at the very beginning, there is a very like, this is what, like they have like, like uh, parts where Mike gives like gay, like fact lessons, right? <laughs> like he lists off the, the countries where you can get married mm. and the countries where they protect you know, uh, they they may not have, or they didn't have gay marriage rights, but they had like a protection Their of protections there, yeah. um, of people who are, who are married. Anyway, so it, it was good, and the art was really great. Like, yeah, the art was really... fantastic. Um, really clean lines. Mm-hmm. Ooh, mm-hmm. clean lines. <laughs> Oof. I was like, man, I can't even draw a box. <laughs> um, wonder how that out. Wonder how that art looks when people are getting shit in their mouths. <laughs> Which is my understanding what some of wow. some of his other work deals with. Well, uh, I guess if you're interested in clean You won't lines, be getting that one. <laughs> thank you. I guess if you're interested in clean lines um, and you'd like to watch see some of his other work and are really in for an R-rated show. It's so weird could... that like I'm reading up on this dude and like that's his body of work. And then my, fa- <laughs> my brother's husband. Okay. Sure. You know, maybe he wanted to change. But I mean, it's just, I love, you know, this is just... Comics and manga specifically, like this is the type of story that's like the this medium tells that other places don't. Yeah. Really. So yeah. Uh, but yeah. Well, all right. 
no updates because we did updates at the top and we did all the other updates in the episode we just recorded. Yeah, so. and who knows? At this moment, there may be tons of updates and you'll just get an overflow of updates for next episode. And we're like at our houses. I'm lying on the floor. I'm just fists up to the to the roof just going, oh my God, I have so many updates. Yeah, I could be just like uh, just crying because I just don't want to <laughs> tell all the fans about the updates and they're probably like, oh, we need to know what Kaylin's watching. Much gnashing of teeth. But yeah. you'll have to wait for that next week yeah where we'll be back in time back in time i mean no and yes <laughs> back in time like the huey lewis song no because i was actually about going back in time yeah not that one <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you two so, episodes two episodes so man done. drained <laughs> done get the fuck out of my house uh thanks so much for joining us friends as you do if you want to get at us on any of the socials as said at the top on Twitter at GeekDownPod, email us GeekDownPod at gmail.com or on our Facebook group. Which is at www.facebook.com forward slash GeekDownPod. I lost it halfway <laughs> through. I didn't know what part we were on. Um, yeah, get at us on any of those. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening, friends. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Kate McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser. And we will be back with another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Pod for you next week. See you then. Let's get this over with. I got a busy evening of lying on the floor to get through. <laughs> uh, good times. <laughs> I can still make you laugh. Only 40% true. <laughs> I can still make you laugh even though you don't want to. <laughs>